Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hi, team. Magli here. How are we? We are back from a long weekend in the south of France. My mum has a flat down there with my stepdad. And George, Isla and I went to meet them out there for a long weekend. And <laughs> it's funny, part of me, <laughs> the first thing I want to say is like, it was joyous. <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, of course it was lovely to, you know, get away and be in the sand by the beach, etc. But... <laughs> If you've ever been on holiday with a toddler, I'm sure you know that joyous probably isn't the general <laughs> consensus in terms of overall feeling of um, a holiday. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have heard on podcasts before, especially Parenting Hell podcast with Josh Widdicombe and Rob Beckett. If you don't listen, I highly recommend, although Ovs recommend mine first, but they talk about holidaying with their kids quite a lot on there and Rob always says that you shouldn't go away on holiday with your kid until they're four years old and if you have multiple kids just wait until the youngest one is four because before then it's absolute chaos and (laughs) oh my goodness oh my goodness I never realized that a holiday could feel less like a holiday. And don't get me wrong, of course, there were amazing aspects and we had some nice family time, went out for some amazing food, had loads of Aperol spritz, walked in the sun, went swimming in the sea. But, oh my gosh, it is so hard. It is so, so hard. And I feel bad for saying this, but I love it's Aggie for a lot of it. And I think like, I say that without judgment, you know, more matter-of-factly, but I feel bad, you know, because, bless her, it's not her fault, but, oh, girl was cranky. I think also the heat, traveling, it's not her usual environment. There's absolutely no fucking routine. (laughs) That goes out the window. So, yes, we had a really good time, and I'll go into a little bit of detail in a second, but it feels quite nice to be home. I think even me, or general humans, adult humans, I mean, <laughs> we crave routine, don't we? It makes us feel, like, safe. So it feels quite good to be back into a routine. The only thing I haven't managed to do, guys, you won't fucking believe this, I went for two runs when I was away in the south of France, and I'm not a runner in the slightest. But I think because I haven't, obviously, I haven't got my bike there, and my bike and yoga tends to be my main styles of movement, I was like, I need to do something, even though... <laughs> I have my bike and my yoga mat here and I do, I have been yoga-ing. I don't know if you can verb that, but um, I haven't gotten on my bike recently, but all of a sudden I'm away and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't get on my bike. Even if I wanted to, I can't. So I started running. I don't know who the fuck I think I am, 
but I told myself that I was gonna continue it whilst I was here. Not for very long, just like 10, 15 minutes, first thing in the morning. So the plan is, I haven't done this yet, <laughs> but the goal is to wake up at the same time as George and whilst he's getting ready for work, I go out for my morning run. And that way, by the time he leaves to walk the dog before he leaves for work, I'm back just in case, obviously, Isla wakes up. So yeah, that's still on the to-do list. Watch this space. I will let you know if I become a runner. It is an activity like that I would like to get into because it's just so accessible. You can do it anywhere. But also it's just like, oh, it's fucking awful. <laughs> like, why do you run? Like, Sometimes I watch people jogging in the street during the day and I'm like, what are you doing? Just slow down, just walk. <laughs> Surely you're not in that much of a rush. <laughs> but I really would like to get into running. Also in terms of cardiovascular activity, um, you get much more from running than you do from cycling. As in like in the amount of time, what am I trying to say? You have to cycle much longer and give it much more energy and power to get the same cardiovascular workout in cycling as you would from a short run. Does that make sense? Have I made sense? Anyway, so yes, running is on my list. Right, okay. <laughs> Our trip. Oh my gosh, where do I start? The way there was an absolute fucking nightmare. So we, oh my gosh, on the way to the airport, guys, I forgot my meds. I forgot my meds, my antidepressants. And I'm not gonna lie, I was in a state over it. I was so panicked. I was looking at the time, wondering if we would have time to turn back, go to the house, pick them up but I didn't realize until we were flying from Gatwick and I didn't realize until we were halfway to Gatwick and we obviously didn't have the time needless to say ah oh, I was just so anxious I was just so worried and I think the problem is I was worried about spiraling right obviously the antidepressants at, at the moment they keep me on an even keel like on an even baseline of happiness <laughs> And I think I was worried about spiraling, but worrying about spiraling was making me spiral. Does that make sense? And it's just, it's so annoying. I think the good thing is at least I was aware of it. It was, it's harder to embody, but I think being aware of yourself and your feelings really makes such a difference because then, well, you're aware. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I'm happy to say that I think I felt okay overall. I did notice myself being a little bit more irritable. Um, just at small things that used to irritate me and grind me before I started on my meds. And I felt that over the weekend. But I, yeah, I'm proud to say I think I managed it okay. I think I also was mindful on like my coffee intake, my alcohol intake. I mean, I did drink alcohol, not gonna lie. <laughs> Aperol spritz on tap. But I was mindful of it to not go, you know, overboard um, because I didn't want anything to, you know, I guess affect the, um, what's the word, the like up and down of my mood swings, you know. Um, so yeah, so that's that. And I remember I actually told my mum and my stepdad as well because I felt like I needed to just put it out there just in case all of a sudden, <laughs> I don't know, I just had an absolute meltdown. <laughs> in the middle of the street in the south of France or something. I don't know what I'm imagining, but I think I felt the need to just warn everyone <laughs> that in case I go absolutely fucking ballistic, it's okay. <laughs> just having withdrawal symptoms from my meds. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. So that was that. But it's annoying because actually I felt okay. And although, like I said, I was a little bit more irritable, it wasn't, I didn't spiral. And so then I started asking myself, do I need my medication still? But when I went to the GP, the GP was like, we like to put people on, you know, antidepressants for about a year to 18 months at first, and then do a check after that, which reminds me, actually, I need to renew my prescription and take my pill for today. Fuck me, it's not going well, is it? <laughs> um, but then it's really difficult because sometimes I feel fine. And then I think, well, do I need my meds? You know, could I do without? But oh, it's just, it's really difficult. Um, I'm continuing and I feel good about the decision. Not that I ever really thought I would stop, but it's just at the weekend when I felt, you know, okay without them. I did, it did cross my mind that maybe I didn't need them anymore, but I think it makes me feel a little bit scared and anxious, admittedly, to come off them. Um, they feel like a little bit of a safety net at the moment. So yeah, I feel actually really good about taking my medication. I know it sounds really strange because it took me so long to accept that this was part of my new normal to be on antidepressants, but I've, <laughs> I've grown quite attached. <laughs> Turns out feels good to be happy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right. Okay. On with our trip. So I think I took for granted that, you know, going away, I romanticized being on holiday and oh my goodness. And also because we've been on holiday with Isla before and it's been okay, but I have noticed that it's gotten increasingly more difficult and more demanding as Isla's gotten older. So when she was like under one, it was fine. And she just kind of went along with everything. But now that she's building a personality, <laughs> God help me. She's obviously just, yeah, she's got an opinion about fucking everything. And that's difficult to, to manage. I think especially when you're around other people. And I don't actually mean my family. That is something I think I've spoken about before, especially when we went away at Christmas um, a few months ago at Christmas. <laughs> uh, that I was feeling anxious about how people would see me and potentially judge me as a mom. But actually, I'm really happy to say that I didn't feel like that at all with my mom and my stepdad. I really felt just yeah, supported in that whatever decision I made, whatever I was doing was exactly what I should be doing. And that felt really, really good, actually. But more uh, what I mean is in terms of being out in like, public. So for example, on the plane, oh my goodness, she was not a happy bunny. And again, that's okay. She's in a confined space, she can't really move. We chose the option where when they're under two, you can choose an option for them to either be on your lap or you can buy a seat for them. I decided for her to be on my lap just because, quite frankly, I didn't want to fork out the money for her to sit on a seat when she's blatantly not going to sit in it. But she just would not be withdrawn. And this is something over the whole weekend that we really struggled with. She was absolutely just attached to me the whole time. And part of me loves it, but fuck me, it is hard. Also, it's fucking hot. Like I'm hot, she's hot, I'm sweating, she's sweating. Sometimes I wasn't sure if she peed on me. <laughs> Maybe a nappy was too full or if it was just sweat and it was just like fluids merging everywhere oh it was so gross but she was just completely attached to me um that was really difficult on the plane sometimes I would try and hand her over to George but she would just scream and obviously at home sometimes I'd just be like oh whatever like deal with it be with your dad for five seconds but on the plane 
ah, you, you know, it's not even that I want to pretend that, you know, everything's perfect or I'm scared people will judge me, but I just don't want it. I don't want it for me. I don't want it for her. By it, I mean, you know, the distress. <laughs> of a crying toddler I don't want it for me for her and for everyone else on the plane so yeah I remember when we were exiting the plane we just landed in Nice and we're exiting the plane and there's this guy I'm carrying Isla she's Aggie I'm sweating like you wouldn't believe um and I've brought my jumper because normally on planes it's really really cold and I don't know why first plane I've ever been on where it's not cold I swear normally the aircon is on full blast so I always bring a jumper with me and so I had a jumper with me, but then I had it around my neck because I hadn't put it in the overhead locker thing. It was chaos. So I had a jumper covering me. Anyway, this fucking boring chat. I'm just hot and sweaty. And then I'm about to get out of my seat to walk down the aisle to exit the plane. And then there's, <laughs> there's this guy about to do the same from like the aisle across. <laughs> and he turns to me and he goes, you're in a more complicated situation. You go first. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, oh, really? You think what fucking gave it away? Baby screaming or me crying? Like, oh, <laughs> thank you. Very nice man. Um, it is hard. Something I'm grateful for is that we also don't pre-book our seats on the plane. And so you just get allocated whatever seats. And we're really lucky. We've always, we've never had an issue where George has been, you know, at one end of the plane and I've been at, at the other end of the plane with Isla. We've always been together, but we're normally, I don't know why they, they do this. They put us probably because people prefer window seat. They put us window and aisle, but uh, not window and aisle, sorry, uh, window and middle seat but I actually prefer the aisle seat what is your opinion on that team let me know I like the aisle seat because it makes me feel free <laughs> when I'm in the window or by the window I feel a bit claustrophobic I feel like I can't get out well I can get out but then you know there's other people I feel like I need to ask them I don't really know I feel bad saying can you get up um yeah so I like the aisle seat and I'm really grateful that every time we were actually window middle there's someone else in the aisle seat and we asked them to swap and obviously um with Isla they understand because you know I get up every so often to walk um walk up and down the plane just to distract her a little bit um so yeah there was something else I was gonna say that just popped into my head oh yeah fuck me something I will say about traveling with a child honestly you can get away with fucking murder <laughs> it is so good. I feel like in society in general, life isn't really made for parents with kids, especially, actually, to be fair, I was gonna say especially moms with kids, but just because in general it is moms with kids. It's not really made for dads with kids either, because there's a lot of places where the changing table is in the ladies room. But anyway, that's a whole different topic. Um, but when you fly, oh my gosh, they make it really easy and accessible. If you have a child, there's always um, like a special lane for passport control. There's always a special lane for security. There's always, what's the other thing? You get uh, speedy boarding. Even if you haven't booked speedy boarding, you automatically get speedy boarding if you have a child. It's just, ah, oh, it's so good. George and I need to be careful because I think we're going to get too used to having this. And then one day we're not going to have Isla, as in, you know, not because we're going <laughs> to leave her at a police station or anything. <laughs> just because she'll grow older <laughs> or we might go away without her and I think we're gonna need to be really careful because at the moment we're cutting it quite fine to be fair we're not cutting it fine but oh my gosh airports are so fucking busy I swear since covid everything just takes so much longer so even though you have a lot of time it actually doesn't give you 
that much time. Anyway, needless to say, yeah, we are absolutely fucked next time we travel without Isla because <laughs> we're not going to have the added bonus of being able to just, you know, queue jump because of because of baby girl. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Something I've realized as a parent, you're not really going on holiday. You're more just parenting in a different location, in a hotter location, (laughs) with your home comforts far, far away from you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And like I said, she was just stuck to me a lot. Like we'd go for a walk and we'd put her in the pram. We did take the pram, not like her usual pram, but we've got like a foldable travel pram. And it's just, it's so cumbersome. George and I aren't a huge fan of traveling with it, but I'm so glad that we did take it for a couple of reasons. One, because we got so lucky. So my mum very kindly took us out for a few meals whilst we were out there. And most of them were lunches. Actually, all of them were lunches, to be fair. We decided that dinner probably wasn't the most practical of things with Isla and we got so lucky that every single time we went out for lunch Isla literally fell asleep in the pram for her nap about 10 minutes before we were due to arrive at the restaurant how fucking lucky is that and then we would be finishing up our meal paying the bill and she would wake up what an absolute dream honestly it was so 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 perfect so that worked perfectly which you know helped balance out for the Aggie moments when we went for walks she just would not let George carry her she struggled to be in the pram or not struggled to be in the pram she didn't want to be put in the pram but I will admit I'm a bit of a fucking doormat as a parent honestly I give in so easily so I'm carrying her and then I get a bit hot and bothered or my back starts to hurt so I decide to put her in the pram and she kicks up her fuss and instead of kind of fighting her for it not fighting her for it but like holding my own ground so to speak fighting my battle I just pick her up again (laughs) oh which I know I'm digging a hole for myself but I really struggle to she just wants to be with me she just wants to be in my arms but yeah I need to be better on that for me and also for her I think um but yeah she just didn't want to be with George bless her it was really quite heartbreaking actually obviously for my back (laughs) and also but also for George bless his heart you know he, he would hold her and she'd always put her arms out to me that being said also which I realize contradicts what I've just said she was addicted the whole time to getting his attention and what I mean by that is she would call all the time papa Papa. And it was so, so sweet. And we've got home now and it's honestly, no matter what she's doing or holding or carrying or whatever, she just wants to show George. And so she'll just go, Papa, Papa. And then like hold her thing that she wants to show him. Oh, and that is really, really sweet to witness, I think, especially as, you know, I am the primary caregiver. And sometimes I feel a bit sad for George that he probably doesn't spend as much time with Isla as he would like. And so it's nice to witness their bond and their relationship growing. Um, Although it would be nice if it grew physically rather than just verbally. (laughs) No, it is growing physically, but you know what I mean. I think that's normal. I don't know. Is that like common that most kids like toddlers want to be with their mums much more. I think, you know, in society as mums, we are the ones that generally tend to be at home with them more. So I'm sure it is normal, but any tips 
on making it not be like that that would be great not that I don't want to be with her blah blah blah. I hate that I even have to give that disclaimer but you know what I mean overall a very successful trip I would say a huge learning curve I think I feel like we learned a lot that trip for some reason as parents and as keen traveling and adventurous parents I think we did learn a lot it is hard fuck <laughs> it's so hard it is so hard going on holiday with a child with a toddler I think that's what it is it's the toddler stage um yeah I romanticize the idea way too much and I think that's what it is managing expectations <laughs> is gonna be key from now on when's the next time that we go away George is going away for a stag. That's going to be my first weekend, just me and baby girl. I think I've spoken about it before. I feel a little bit nervous. I feel like I need to, like, make special plans, but we'll see. When else are we going away? Oh, we're going away. My mum's having a 60th birthday party in September, beginning of September. And then end of September, we've got a wedding. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going away for a retreat in August, guys. Just me. I cannot fucking wait Oh my goodness, I'm so looking forward to it. It's with a woman called Gemma Brady and she runs a, I don't know if you would call it a company, but an organization, I guess. Um, and it's called Sister Stories. And I actually did a facilitation training with her a few years ago before COVID. Um, and so I gained my Sister Stories facilitation and it's all about holding space for women and they're doing a retreat, she's doing a retreat and actually she's co-hosting with another woman called Stella McKenna, I think. And I'm beyond excited. It's a weekend in August and it's just going to be so nourishing and fulfilling and wholesome and full of love and compassion and women and sharing stories and yeah, all that good stuff nature. Yeah, really excited. Why am I talking about that? I think I was just talking about my travel plans. <laughs> Are you guys going away? <laughs> tell me, tell me, what is the plan for the summer? I feel like summer is like everyone's, you know, oh, let's go away, let's go away. But yeah, I think we need to manage our expectations in terms of desire for traveling with Isla because it is not easy. I will say, George and I did get a few moments by ourselves and I'm really grateful. Obviously, my mum and my stepdad, Colin, by the way, um, and my mum's name is Laure, Laure, just FYI. <laughs> They were there and they had Isla at points. George and I went for some ice cream and then we went for a drink. Um, I also spent a lot of time swimming. Oh, that was so lovely, swimming in the sea. I want to be, George said something to me that was so good when we were there. I am normally not the type of person that just walks into the sea straight away. It's just, it's cold, right? <laughs> you have these people, they're like cold water bathers. That's not me. And I want to be that type of person. And George was so funny. So we were on the beach. Isla's Aggie, obviously. <laughs> and she did, oh, bless her heart. She did sort of get used to it. We weren't there for long. It was a long weekend. We were there for four days, maybe five days, just under a week. When did we go? Thursday evening. And we came back Monday evening. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, um, four days. Anyway, and on like the Sunday, Monday... She was happy to have like her feet in the water as long as she was sat on our lap and like in our arms, you know, that we were actively holding her and she had a dummy and a teddy. 
Oh my gosh, honestly. Oh, but you just, at the same time, part of me wanted to just like throw her in at the deep end, but I don't want to scare her off completely. You know, you need to take it easy on them, bless them. I think sometimes as adults, we forget that new things are so scary. We get scared of new things, but because it's so normal for us just to see or for some people at least it's normal for me I'll just speak for myself it's normal for me sand sea ocean whatever I'm like oh come on <laughs> get over it but you do need to remind yourself or at least I needed to remind myself like no Magli bless her heart like this is new to her and she has been to the sea and the beach before but not often enough that she's familiar with it and used to it and you know confident in the water so um, yeah bless her heart but what I was going to say about swimming me oh yeah George said something so funny to me <laughs> oh my gosh so I'm there I'm in an R ring should I go in the water should I not go in the water and he's like oh just go in and I said oh George I really wish I was the type of person to just go in and like not think about the cold and literally just go straight in I think you guys know what I mean I don't feel I don't know why I feel the need to repeat myself a hundred times and he literally just said to me he was like Magli be the person you want to be and I thought like <laughs> I know it's so fucking wanky, but you guys know how much I love a bit of wank. <laughs> um, and I thought, yeah, I will be. So, oh my gosh, I held my breath like you wouldn't believe. But I just walked straight in the water. Oh, and it's so refreshing and revitalizing and rejuvenating. And I think I will try and go swimming in the sea more. I absolutely love it. I just don't really love English beaches, you know? And also, I feel like just so packed in the summer. And don't get me wrong, I am a people person, but I'm not really like a crowd person. I just prefer more calm, serene places. Unless I'm like in a city. Do you know what I mean? But in terms of nature, I just like nature to feel serene and ocean is nature. Does that make sense? Anyway. Um, yeah, so George and I did get some good moments. We, oh, I love this. George and I, this is probably one of my favorite things about us. And in moments of, I guess, uncertainty, not necessarily about our relationship, but it's hard having a kid on your relationship. It does put it under pressure and it's a strain on the couple, on the partnership. And so whenever I feel a little bit disconnected from George or we're a bit aggy with each other, which, you know, happens to the best of us. Oh my God, we have these moments also when we get into bed, we just can't stop laughing. I don't know what it is. I couldn't even tell you what we're laughing about or joking about. Or, or actually, there is one thing that springs to mind, but I don't know if I should say it, but I will say it now that I've, you know, mentioned it. Oh my gosh, George. <laughs> George has his, this thing, right? As soon as he gets into bed, he goes, oh no. <laughs> And I know what he means because he has this thing that every time he gets horizontal, he needs to fart. <laughs> so we're at my mom's flat in the south of France. And this happens not every night, to be fair, but every so often. And this happens um, at my mom's flat. And it's not a huge flat, but the spare room is like in a little mezzanine anyway. And the window to the mezzanine room, so where we were staying, is towards the back of the house but the town is like on a hill. So the front of the house is at sea level, but the back of the house is like up the mountain, if that makes sense. So when we're on the mezzanine, the window is at ground level for people walking. Hopefully that makes sense. Anyway, needless to say, George gets in bed 
<laughs> we're, I don't know, laughing, just chatting. And then he goes, oh no. <laughs> and then I go, oh no. <laughs> and he goes, can I fall? And I said, absolutely not. It is hot. There's not much, you know, air ventilation. We're in this mezzanine and there's not much breeze, even though we're by the sea. Absolutely no way, George, you're not farting. So I said, go into the bathroom. And he said, I don't know if I can hold it that long. So he opens the window and farts a very loud fart out the window as people are walking past and I am just absolutely dying and I feel like it's probably not going to be that funny now like to you guys listening now that I'm saying it out loud but oh my goodness and then we're just in absolute hysterics at the thought of like at what age (laughs) do you start being too old to do things like that like I'm 32 George is 30 this year right and he's farting out windows But like my parents, let's say my mum and my stepdad, for example, they're in their 60s. Well, my mum's turning 60 this year. My stepdad is 64. Like, I I don't imagine, (laughs) I don't imagine my stepdad is farting out windows. (laughs) Like, at what age do you start to be too grown up to do that sort of stuff? Do you know what I mean? Like, let me know what are your thoughts. Or George and I just really weird. Although that being said, I know people our age in a couple that have never farted in front of each other. Is that just me or is that weird? And don't get me wrong, I'm not like seeking George out every time I need to pop. (laughs) But like, if a girl's got to go, a girl's got to go, you know? Or do you say that for a fart? If a girl has to do a fart, a girl has to do a fart. Like, obviously, I'll remove myself from the area if I can or if I can be bothered (laughs) not always I'm not gonna lie but come on it's also just like natural no let me know your thoughts on this I would be genuinely interested um so yeah that is that we are back from our trip we had we had a bit of a manic um trip back if I'm honest although I will say Isla was so so good so my mum had said to us she was like don't worry I'll get an uber in the morning it's fine blah blah and then she gets she goes on her app to try and get an uber in the morning and there's just absolutely no ubers available so we think okay we've still got some time but let's you know not doddle too much we decide to walk there's a taxi rank up the street in like the main town area so we decide to walk there see if we can get a cab there's no taxis available we find a number my mom calls all of the taxis are booked um like for that number but we didn't really know anyone else to call and so we're there thinking, fuck, what are we going to do? And there, there's a train station. And so George and I say, okay, we've still got some time. Let's not, you know, I'm an R about the situation. We're going to get the train. So we run to the train station uphill, by the way. The Villefranche is the town or village. No, it's a town, I'm pretty sure. Um, Where my mom's flat is in the south of France. It's like in between Nice and Monaco. And... The station, the train station is at the top of the village and I'm absolutely sweating my bollocks off trying to push this pram, by this pram I mean Isla, um, up the hill. But to be fair to her, she is so calm. I was really quite nervous because we woke up at like 6am to get ready and we were aiming to call the cab or get the Uber for 7. So by this time it's 7.30 and in my head I thought, Isla's just like only just woken up, she's probably going to want to move around, be active, you know, run around, expend some energy. But actually, she was so, so calm. And I'm so grateful. We got the train, we got the 
train to Nice. That's where we stopped. Oh, no. Well, there's like three stations in Nice. There's like first one and then the main centre. And then there's Saint-Augustin, which is closest to the airport. And then you can get a tram to the airport. <laughs> what we didn't realise is actually, right, so the tram, my mum had warned us, the tram is quite difficult to find. There's, It's not really well indicated. So George and I looked on Google Maps and we realised that the airport was only an eight minute walk. So we thought, right, instead of faffing around trying to find the tram and then maybe waiting for the tram, let's just walk to the airport. Problem is the walk that Google Maps said that took us to terminal one and we were in terminal two. And then we just see lines on the floor like saying terminal two, terminal two this way. So we decide, right, okay, we'll just <laughs> we'll just follow the signs on the floor to terminal two. Oh my God. We are walking in, I think it's already like 28 degree heat by this time in the morning. It took us 20 minutes. And don't get me wrong, it's not bad, but we're rushing because obviously we're still a little bit anxious. Our flight leaves at 9.50. By the time we get to the airport, I think it's like 8.30 or something like that. And we're still trying to make our way to Terminal 2. Baggage drop, because we did have a suitcase, hold luggage, finishes at 9 o'clock. But then we also see that the flight is delayed. So, okay, we're a little bit less stressed, but then we still need to get our baggage in the hold. Oh, and then we arrive at the airport. Oh my God, the queue is huge. Guys, I'm very French about this. Honestly, English people, stop complaining that people are cutting the queue, okay? Yes, people can arrive. The thing is though, we had we made plans to arrive two hours in advance. Sometimes things happen out of your control that you run late. I just don't understand people, and I'm sorry to say this is a generalization, but it happens a lot in England. People literally just complain from the back of the queue. Like, if you're running late for a flight, just let go of your ego, cut the queue, like, apologize to people, of course, say, I'm so sorry, but I might miss my flight. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, luckily we're in France, so everyone's used to it, and I'm there straight away. <laughs> sorry, guys, <laughs> coming through, coming through, pushing my pram. Luckily, I've got Isla as well. Everyone's just more compassionate and more understanding when you've got a kid, I feel, because <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor you and your child, and I'm just fucking using her to my advantage. Oh, my poor child. <laughs> oh my goodness. I remember once, actually, George and I, I can't remember where we were going. I think we were traveling in Greece from one island to another. This is years ago. And well, I think we were maybe flying from the UK to Greece. Either way, we were going somewhere. And George and I, admittedly, we've always cut it quite fine. We're much better since COVID. Um, and I say much better. We're Since COVID, we get there two hours in advance, especially since Isla, because you just don't know, blah, blah, blah. But before COVID and before Isla, nah, an hour, especially if you haven't got hold luggage, if all you've got is hand luggage, an hour in advance is absolutely fine, like max. <laughs> anyway, obviously sometimes not fine because security can be really, really long. And then I remember one day I'm cutting through security, just apologizing to everyone, being like, I'm so sorry, but I'm, you know, I'm cutting in front of you, blah, blah, blah. The thing is also people aren't used to that. So they don't dare say anything. Or even if they dare, by the time they think of what to say, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm through security. I've boarded my flight. Anyway, so I'm doing this and then there's this guy who starts shouting at me being like, you can't cut the queue. I'm going to miss my flight as well. Blah, blah. You have to wait in line. And I looked at him and I said, what flight are you on? And he said the same flight we were on. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing, you idiot? Follow me. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
and then just ended up following us to like the beginning of the queue turned up through security on time to a flight honestly people just what are you gonna do just risk it for a chocolate biscuit honestly what's worse that's gonna happen you don't want to miss your flight I feel like I'm gonna get so much hate <laughs> about this but yeah George and I would love have you seen the show race across the world it's on, I think it's BBC. And basically, it's about these group of people. So there's like five teams of pairs. And it can be like mom and daughter, dad and daughter, you know, couples, friends, whatever, it doesn't matter. And they get given a budget. And they get point A and point B. And they have to, to make their way from point A to point B without using a plane. And the budget that they get is the cost of the plane ticket that it would take them from point A to point B. And then in the meantime, there's like checkpoints in between. Anyway, they have no phone, like no nothing. So it's so, so good. And George and I always think that we would be really, really good in that show. We wanted to apply actually for this year, but unfortunately filming is at the end of September and we've got a wedding at the end of September. Fucking wedding. <laughs> but maybe for 25. So like they filmed 23 to come out in 24. So maybe we'll film in 24 to come out in 25, if that makes sense. Ah, oh, we genuinely think we would be really good because George is... George is calm. Um, he does his research on things, but I've got the sort of umph and what's the word? Like, I'm just not scared to ask people anything. Do you know what I mean? Whereas George is a little bit more reserved about asking people for, for things where I'd, I'd, I'd happily look like, for example, in the show, they do a lot of hitchhiking and George would probably be a bit more reserved about doing something like that. Whereas <laughs> I'd open the car door, get in the backseat and be like, right, <laughs> off we go, mate. <laughs> I've got a race to win. Um, so yeah, gosh, that went off in a tangent, didn't it? But I love traveling. I love traveling so much. Honestly, I just, I get to the airport and I feel so free. Also, a pint at the airport. Is there anything that tastes better? I don't think that there is. Oh, it is so good. Weatherspoons, when we got to Spoons um, at Gatwick, like 50 minute wait for drinks. I was like, absolutely not. So we went to someplace else, can't remember, Sonoma or something like that. Um, so yes, but I just love being at an airport. It just feels like you can get on a plane and literally go anywhere in the world. And I find that so freeing, so like liberating. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, so now that we are back, what is new? Our childminding schedule has changed. So we are now, Isla used to go from 8.30 to 5.30 and it's now 8 to 5, three days a week. And I don't know if maybe yesterday was just a really good day, but I feel like the schedule's working really well because now that I'm picking her up earlier, she's no longer having dinner at the childminder's house. She'll be having dinner at home with me and then I will eat dinner with her. So that's really nice because we never have dinner together. And I think it'll feel a bit more, not structured, but just a bit more together. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then it can hopefully feel like a bit more of a seamless transition to bedtime and dare I say last night an hour it took me for bedtime including a dog walk George was working late last night so yeah ah, I felt so so lucky last night honestly I thought I'd fucking nailed it what a win so I'm trying not to get ahead of myself um because inevitably you know ebbs and flows it's not going to go smoothly every night but yeah I'm hoping that this might be it. I think for a long time, I think I've spoken about this before, it just felt like our routine was okay, but it was just 
later, if that makes sense. I wanted to shift everything forward a couple of hours. So I feel with Isla starting childminding earlier in the morning, if I need to wake her up, that's okay. So because she wakes up earlier, she has a nap earlier, and then she goes to bed earlier. Whereas before, I probably should have just woken her up in the morning, even if she wasn't going to childminding yet. But then it felt like the evenings were really short then by the time I picked her up. And also, the morning just feels like I just like to get shit done in the morning, which, you know, is much easier, obviously, without Isla. And also, in my head, I'm thinking, if I don't need to wake her up, why would I wake her up? So yeah, yesterday I did need to wake her up for childminding with the new schedule. But this morning I didn't because she'd gone to bed earlier. She slept from like eight o'clock to, I don't know, 6.30? Like how fucking good is that? So I'm really happy. And she didn't wake up in the night. Oh my God, because the night before she had a huge win, a huge, huge win. So yeah, I think those are all my updates guys um my oh did I give you an update on my bundles and website do you guys care <laughs> my website is live <laughs> you can now purchase bundles which is so exciting I've absolutely I've worked my ass off honestly I am trying now to find a bit more of a balance because I'm someone that's a bit by a bit I mean a lot very much hyper-focused. So when I have a project that I'm working on or task at hand or, you know, a goal or something, I kind of put all of my energy into that one thing and sort of forget about everything else. And that's what I've been doing with my website and my bundles and filming and stuff. Although I finished filming a little while ago. But now that it's sort of the foundations are there. Um, if anything is not running smoothly, all I can do is apologize. <laughs> if you get 20 emails, you know, duplicate emails into your inbox, I'm so sorry. Just <laughs> ping me back a response and I will get straight on that. Honestly, if you're interested in practicing with me, I would love to have you. If you have any questions, um, yeah, just let me know. And I do have, if you listen to the podcast, I can only assume you follow my Instagram, um, like my podcast page, but I have a yoga Instagram page which I'm, which I'm hoping to focus a little bit more time on now that this big sort of website mountain is out of the way. And yeah, on Instagram posts, just like little well-being and yoga tips for anyone that is interested in that. Sometimes I struggle with Instagram because obviously Magli, me, I'm the brand. And so I struggle where to share what. So obviously, I have Magli Swift Yoga, which is my yoga page. And then I have Mumming with Magli, which is the podcast page. And I share a lot about my motherhood journey on the podcast page. But also, it's so relevant to my everyday life that sometimes I'm like, oh, should I also share it on my, you know, quote unquote yoga page? I'm struggling with how to balance both. Part of me is regretting a little bit. Um, Not regretting, but like, I don't know, part of me wonders whether I should have just not done a podcast page. But admittedly, the podcast page is doing quite well. I don't really know. Any insights? Let me know what you guys think I should do. I think I will keep them separate and still share personal stuff on my yoga page, but maybe more like deep motherhood musings on the podcast page and maybe some fun motherhood reels. What do you guys think? Let me know. I would love to know what you guys would like to see, by the way, if you follow me, because 
yeah, I, well, I do it for me. It's so healing and therapeutic for me, but it's also really nice to connect with everyone. And, you know, I have, as you guys will know, listening to the podcast, it's not always been easy. And, you know, if anything I say or share resonates with one of you or a few of you, it just mean the world. Um, and maybe we can navigate the ebbs and flows of life together. And if you're into yoga, check out my website because there's actually a little freebie on there for you as well. Um, so yeah. Oh gosh, was that a bit of a shameless plug? Is that embarrassing? <laughs> also, who the fuck do I think I am with a website called magliswift.com? <laughs> like part of me feels really proud and happy. And then part of me is like, oh, <laughs> who do you think you are <laughs> with a domain named after you? Oh, it's really difficult to like, you know, stay humble, but also hype yourself up. <laughs> Right, okay, I think that's going to be it from me today, guys. I'm wishing you a wonderful week ahead. Um, yeah, that's it. I will catch you on the flip side. Mwah. Ciao.